Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay. Three times a week, we look at international football, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is Nations League action because the USA is in action, and they defeated Cuba 4 to nothing. It was a good game. They played in the Cayman Islands. Field conditions were a little sketchy. Um, some of the turf was coming up during the game. The uh, overall base of the field was slow. It was a very soft field, so you could see it when the ball would come out of the air and hit the field. It would either take a really crazy spin or it would almost die like a backspin on a golf ball. So the USA put up with that, but they played well. They did some nice passing, had some good give-and-goes going through the midfield and into the attack zone. The USA scored the first goal of the game in 37 seconds, which was some sort of a record. Um, it was a great, uh, great overall effort. Some things that need to be worked on, though, are, is the trapping in the midfield. Sometimes the USA would get themselves in a situation where the trapping would not be very sharp and the, U, and the Cuban team, being as fast as they are, would jump on the loose balls. If you're going to do that kind of situation against a higher uh, caliber team, say Honduras, say Costa Rica, say Mexico, you're going to have a problem because those teams will take advantage of a turnover like that, which is something you don't want to give. So the USA is going to have to work on their trapping. I realize the field conditions were not the best in the world, but that's something that needs to be addressed. Also, another thing, clearing the ball out of the defensive end with short passes. USA, again, got caught sometimes with uh, Cuban players surrounding them, and if it wasn't for some good passing and some sloppy trapping by the Cubans, the USA wouldn't have gotten out. Brad Guzan, our goaltender, was fabulous. He made a couple of good saves. There was one shot in the first half by the Cubans outside the penalty box that almost went in on a deflection. But Brad Guzan, being the uh, good goalkeeper that he is, was able to react and lay down on the goal line and stop the ball from going in. Other uh, stops that he made in the second half were a couple of uh, headers off of Cubans from set plays, and Guzan was right there to take the ball out of the air. Overall, a good effort. 4 nothing win is something you just can't say, well, that's not, not that good. It is good. And it's a positive step forward for the USA team. Now the Nations League action will take a break until, believe it or not, June. USA will take on Honduras in the semifinal. The other semifinal will see Mexico against Costa Rica, which will be a very good game. Those are two very good national teams. Uh, the winners will play uh, that weekend in, uh, in June. So again, 4 nothing USA over Cuba. Uh, everybody will go back to their club teams now and continue to play. The USA national team will get back together in March. Uh, they have a friendly uh, against an unknown opponent at this time. It's a FIFA weekend there in March. So um, if I'm not mistaken, it's about the third weekend in March. So USA will be in camp come the end of January, and uh, they'll determine who they're going to put into the team at that point. And by then, they'll know who their opponent will be uh, in March. The news was not so good for the U.S. Virgin Islands in Nations League action on Tuesday. They lost to St. Martin 2-1, to one, and that was at home. Uh, never should have lose at home. Uh, U.S. Virgin Islands coming away with a very uh, disappointing result there. El Salvador was at home against the Dominican Republic, and El Salvador shut out the Dominican Republic 2-0.
Moving on now to the Mexican League, which is going to start up again after a a week off because of the FIFA weekend. Uh, There are two games scheduled for Friday night in Mexico. Puebla is going to host Necaxa, and Tijuana will be at home against Leon. Then on Saturday, there are five games scheduled and two games on Sunday. We will go over those games in detail when we have the uh, program on Friday. Now, this is called the Apertura of the Mexican League, which is the fall session. Uh, They'll have a championship. They'll go into playoffs called a Liguilla, which will start here in a couple of weeks. They'll have some playoffs, and then they'll determine a final, and then that'll be a home-and-home affair, and that will go uh, that way. And then, uh, then they'll take a break for the Christmas and New Year's and come back into action sometime around the end of January, and that will be called the Clausura. Very good. Uh, As far as the league standings are concerned in the Mexican League, Santos is ahead with 36 points. Then it's a dogfight in the next five positions. Necaxa and America are right behind at 31 points apiece. Then Leon at 30. Tigres at 29 from Monterrey. Caretero from 28 points. And Monarcas at 27. Now that's one through seven. When you get to the eighth spot, you've got a tie between Rayados from Monterrey and Tijuana. They're at 24 points apiece. So this weekend is going to determine some movement indeed amongst these teams. As I said, we'll go over the games on Friday that are going to be played Saturday and Sunday, and they will all have playoff implications in one way or another for most of the teams. Again, you've got two teams tied for second place, and you've got uh, Leon right behind those teams with one point apart, and then Tigres at 29. It's just going to be very close and very exciting the finish there for the Mexican League in their Apertura uh, segment. Moving on now to the European qualifiers, and boy, this has been exciting. This group stage has really produced some incredible uh, results, and so we're going to go over them in a little bit of detail. On Monday, Ireland and Denmark tied at one. Gibraltar was at home, lost to Switzerland six to one. Sweden was at home against the Faroe Islands, took it easy on the Faroe Islands, and won three nil. Spain was at home against Romania, won 5-0. Norway traveled to Malta, came away with a 2-1 victory. Liechtenstein was hosting Bosnia-Herzegovina, and the Bosnians came away with a 3-0 win. The Italians were home against Armenia, and my goodness, I feel sorry actually for the Armenians because the Italians showed no mercy, no sympathy at all, Italy winning that match 9-1. Greece was at home in Athens against the Finns, Finland losing 2-1, to one, but they will go on, as you'll find out in a minute, as when we go over all the teams advancing out of the group stage of the Euro Championship. Now on Tuesday, some uh, interesting results here. Holland was home to Estonia and won 5-0. Germany was home in Frankfurt against Northern Ireland. They won 6-1. to one. Slovakia in Bratislava shut out Azerbaijan 2-0. Poland had the stadium packed in Warsaw. They uh, took care of Slovenia 3-2. Latvia at home in Riga. Stadium was full. People were everywhere. The Austrians came in. Austria was supposed to at least get a tie or possibly a win. Latvia held on, played a great game of defense, won 1-0 over the Austrians. North Macedonia in Skopje, hosting Israel, winning 1-0. It was Belgium in Brussels taking care of Cyprus 6-1. to one. Then in the Battle of David and Goliath, Russia went into San Marino, came away with a 5-0 win. 
The Scots, playing in Glasgow, took care of Kazakhstan 3-1. to one. Now, the game that everybody's talking about from Tuesday, and I think they're still dancing in the streets of Cardiff. I haven't called Wales lately to find out, but the Welsh took care of Hungary 2-0 in Cardiff. That game was very important because it was either Wales, Slovakia, or Hungary that would go through in that second spot out of the group stage to the next round. The Welsh played a great game. It was Aaron Ramsey, who has been a Welsh staple for years on the team, along with Gareth Bale. But Aaron Ramsey, who plays at uh, Juventus with Ronald with Ronaldo, um, Aaron Ramsey did the trick, and he got a double there and helped, uh, helped Wales get to that 2-0 win. Ryan Giggs, the coach of uh, Wales. Ryan, of course, a great player back in the day with the EPL. Ryan, just a great guy. He, he was crying at the end of the game, and I don't blame him. Uh, this is a great day for Wales. This is a great uh, march for them in, in as far as uh, building up their overall uh, as far as building up their overall uh, look at uh, as far as building up as how they look on the world's uh, it's helped them to look better on the world stage in football with this advance out of the group stage in the Euro Championship. So congratulations to the Welsh, 2-0 victory over Hungary. Now, Saturday, November the 30th at 12 noon Eastern time on ESPN News, if you want to tune in, they're going to have the draw for the 24 teams that are going to go ahead and uh, participate in the Euro Championship, which will pick up again in June. It will be held in Bucharest, Again, 12 noon ESPN News uh, on November the 30th. Or rather, moving on to the uh, way the teams are going to set up. Now, each, the, the, as I said, the two top teams came out of the groups. And then there's going to be uh, four playoff winners, which will be decided in March 2020. And that depends on... Um, points, and also in goal differential. So coming out of Group A, England and the Czech Republic moved on. Coming out of Group B, we told you about the Ukraines undefeated in their play with two draws. They're going to move out of Group B along with the Portuguese. In Group C, Germany and the Netherlands going on. We kind of figured that. Group D, Switzerland and Denmark. The Danes kind of surprised some people. Um, no losses. And four draws. So they had a clean sheet, basically, coming out of Group D in second place. Again, four draws, that's better than, than any losses. So you've got uh, no losses and four draws for the Danes. Group E, Croatian, of course, as I mentioned, Wales coming out of Group E. Then Group F, the Spanish looking very, very tough. No losses, no draws. Uh, Sweden also came out of Group F with them. Group G, Poland and Austria come out. Austria looking very good. Group H, France and Turkey coming out of there. In Group I, the Belgians, very, very strong. No losses. Also, Russia coming out of Group I with them. And then in Group J, wow, the Italians put on a show. No losses. The Finns coming out of there as well. Everybody in Finland very happy with that, as the Finns have not moved on in the Euro Championships for quite a while. Again, we want to go over this now. There are four playoff winners that will be decided in March of 2020 to help uh, bring the field to 24. 
and then will be placed in the draw as playoff winners one through four. So you'll see that on uh, November the 30th when they do the draw in Bucharest. They'll explain it a little more in detail there. Now the finals for the Euro Championship will be June 12th through July 12th. There are 12 different host cities around Europe that will be hosting games. The first game will be played in Rome at the Olympic Stadium. The semifinals and final game will be played on uh, July 12th at Wembley Stadium in London, England. That's enough of the uh, Euro qualifying uh, news that's going on. Uh, just some news from the uh, English Premier League before we move on. Um, Argentinian Mauricio Pochettino, who was the coach of Tottenham Hotspur, well, has been uh, shown the front door. Uh, Tottenham is off to a lousy start in the English Premier League this year. They're currently at 14 points and 14th in the EPL table. They're six points clear of relegation, which is scary. Tottenham has been around for years. This is a very storied franchise. They're very well known. They've had their great times, great seasons. This is a team that should be up in the top 10. And unfortunately, they just have not been able to get it going. The big rumor is, and uh, apparently Josie Mourinho is also confirming this rumor, is that he's going to be the next coach of Tottenham Hotspur. If he gets a hold of Tottenham Hotspur, I think they're going to go straight up. Uh, Josie knows how to push the right button, get some people motivated, and knows how to get things done. So again, Mauricio Pochettino out at Tottenham Hotspur. Josie Mourinho looks to be his replacement. As league actions will pick up uh, and begin over the uh, next few days, let's take a look at what we're looking at as far as different European leagues. English Premier League, Liverpool is in top with 34 points, then Leicester City with 26, tied with Chelsea at 26. In fourth place, Man City's at 25, and then Sheffield United trying to hang on. They're in fifth place at 17. Scottish Premier League, well, it's a, basically a two-horse race. Celtic and Ranger each at 31 points, then Aberdeen making a good showing, 24, and trying to keep Celtic and Ranger within sight distance. Motherwell is at 22, and then Kilmarnock coming in in fifth place at 18. In La Liga, another two-horse race, but they've got a third horse coming up on the rail. Barcelona and Real Madrid both at 25 points in La Liga, then right behind them, and not giving them any breathing room, Atletico Madrid at 24. Sevilla also in there at 24, having a great season. Real Sociedad right behind Sevilla at 23. In the Bundesliga, Mochen Gladbach continues to impress, 25 points leading the Bundesliga. RB Leipzig right behind them at 21, Bayern Munich at 21, SC Freiburg at 21, and Hoffenheim right behind them at 20. Serie A, Juventus, 32 points. When you got players like Ronaldo and Aaron Ramsey, who led Wales to that victory, Juventus just can't lose, so uh, they're doing very well. But Inter Milan's got something to say about it. Inter right behind Juventus at 31. Then there's a break. There's a seven-point difference between second and third place. Lazio at 24, Cagliari at 24, Atalanta at 22, along with Roma at 22. That is Serie A down in Italy.
Champions League will be starting up here in the next week or so. Taking a look at those groups as they currently stand. In Group A, you've got PSG at 12 points with Real Madrid right behind them. Then Group B, Bayern Munich at 12 points with Tottenham right there behind them. In Group C, it's Man City. And then you've got Shakhtar Donetsk from the Ukraine along with Dynamo Zagreb each at five points. Group D, Juventus and Atletico Madrid. Juventus at 10 points, Atletico Madrid at 7. Group E, Liverpool at 9, then Napoli right behind them at 8. Napoli, a very strong team, and also in the middle of the table in uh, the Italian league. Group F, Barcelona, 8 points, Dortmund with 7. Group G, Leipzig with 9 points, and Lyon with 7 out of France. Then Group H has got a real tight race. Ajax from uh, Holland. Chelsea from the EPL and Valencia from the Spanish League, all at seven points. That's in Group H. Now, the group stage for the Champions League will end on December the 11th. Then after that, they'll have another draw to determine who will go on and who will play who in the next round. Because this past weekend was a uh, designated a FIFA weekend, there were a very uh, various number of friendlies going on, so we're going to run down those for you. Back on Sunday... Uh, Lithuania played New Zealand in Vilnius, uh, downtown Vilnius, and Lithuania came away from there with a 1-0 win. On Monday, it was Argentina against Uruguay in Tel Aviv, Israel. They played at the Bloomfield Stadium there. Of course, when you think about Argentina, you think about two people, Aguero and Messi. When you think about Uruguay, you think about Cavani and Suarez. Well, they're the ones that kind of dictated the game, and so it was a 2-2 tie. Aguero and Messi each getting a goal, Cavani and Suarez each scoring for Uruguay. The Peru-Chile game on Tuesday was canceled due to the current unrest in Chile. Japan hosted Venezuela in Osaka, and Venezuela beat them 4-1. It was Brazil playing South Korea in the United Arab Emirates, Brazil coming away from that game with a 3-0 win. Saudi Arabia and Paraguay squared off in a friendly at Riyadh, Saudi Arabia and Paraguay ending up in a 0-0 draw. In Poga Rica, uh, Montenegro came away with a 2-0 win over Belarus, and Croatia got the best of Georgia 2-1 in Croatia, Ecuador, and Colombia, playing in Red Bull Arena uh, up in New York. No result back on that one yet. Moving on now to the African Cup of Nations, which has been going on here in the last uh, couple of weeks. From Monday, Comoros and Egypt tied at zero. Sao Tome lost at home to Ghana 1-0. It was Mozambique and the Cape Verde Islands drawing at two. Kenya, in Kenya, hosting Togo, coming away with a 1-1 draw. Gambia continues to impress. They got a point at home against a tough team from the Congo DR. That game at 2-2 draw. Algeria goes into Botswana, comes away with a 1-0 win. On Tuesday... It was Morocco 3, Burundi nothing at Burundi. It was the Ivory Coast losing on the road in Ethiopia, 2-1. to one. Kind of shocking there. The Ivory Coast, usually a very good team. You would think they could take care of Ethiopia, but they went into Ethiopia and lost 2-1. to one. It was the Central African Republic losing on the road at Mauritania, 2-0. It was Madagascar taking care of Niger at Niger, 6-2. Zimbabwe got the best of Zambia at Zambia, 2-1. to one. Tunisia on the road, winning over Equatorial Guinea, 1-0. And then Libya, winning at home against Tanzania, 
two to one. So as we look at the African uh, couple of nations standings as far as the groups are concerned, Guinea and Mali are still tied at four in group A. Uganda and Burkina Faso are tied at four in group B. In group C, Ghana has gained some ground and moved out ahead. They're now at six points with South Africa behind them at three. In group D, it's Gambia with four points, Gabon with four points, DR Congo now with two points. The Gambia team, as I've talked about it before, this is a very small country in Africa, completely surrounded by other countries, and uh, they're just doing very well. Their coach is Tom Seinfeit, who is from Belgium, and they're called the uh, Scorpions. They are doing very well. He's got this team playing great soccer, and this is a team to watch. I'm, I'm going to really follow these, this team closely because they're kind of a, a Cinderella-type story. And Cinderella-type stories in soccer are really, really fun to watch. So let's watch the Gambia, as it's called, and see how they do as they can move through the Africa Cup of Nations qualifying. In Group E, Central Africa Republic is at three points, followed by Mauritania at one point. Group F has Cameroon at four points, followed by Mozambique, who gained a tie and is now at four points as well. In Group G, the Comoros sitting at four points, followed by Kenya at two points. Group H shows Algeria with six points and ahead of Botswana with one point, so Algeria is moving way out ahead in that group. Group I shows Senegal at six points. Senegalese, very tough. Congo at three points. Group J, Tunisia, three points. Tanzania at three points as well. Group K, Ivory Coast and Madagascar, each at three points. And Group L, Nigeria, ahead of Benin, six points to three. So that's a look at the African group as they go through the Cup of Nations. The African Cup of Nations will take a holiday now and start back up in August of 2020. So they'll be off for a while and everybody can concentrate on their club action. Taking a look now at the World Cup qualifying round two in Asia with some interesting results going on there. On Tuesday, it was uh, Kuwait defeating Nepal 1-0 at Kuwait. It was Myanmar shutting out Mongolia 1-0 at Myanmar. The Maldives defeated Guam 3-1. Turkmenistan shut out Sri Lanka 2-0. Hong Kong at home over Cambodia 2-0. Uzbekistan shut out Palestine at home 2-0. Malaysia shut out Indonesia 2-0 at Malaysia. Vietnam and Thailand played in Vietnam, came out a 0-0 draw. Syria hosted the Philippines and won 1-0. Iraq and Bahrain tied at 0. Afghanistan, at home, lost to Qatar, 1-0. And Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan tied at 1-1 in Kyrgyzstan. It was Singapore on the road, defeating Yemen 2-1. Oman Shut out India, 1-0 at Oman, which pretty much eliminates India. Jordan went all over Chinese Taipei, 5-0 at Jordan. And North Korea and Lebanon played in Beirut, and that came out a 0-0 draw. Taking a look now at the uh, groups for the uh, World Cup qualifying round two of Asia, Syria now sits at 15 points eight points clear of China, and that's Group A. In Group B, you've got Australia at 12 points, but Kuwait and Jordan are right behind them at 10 points. 
Group C is you know, turning out to be a very interesting group. Iraq sitting on top with 11, but Bahrain right behind them at 9, and Iran still not out of it at 6 points in Group C. In Group D, Saudi Arabia at 9 points, followed by Uzbekistan at 8, and then Singapore jumped up to third place and now has 7 points. In Group E, Qatar, 13 points, Oman, 12. That's an interesting race right there. Group F, Japan, 12 points, Kyrgyzstan with 7, along with Tajikistan. In Group G, a lot of changes here after some wins. Vietnam still sits in first place at 10 points, but Malaysia has jumped up and now sits in second place at 9 points. Then in third place, Thailand with 8 points. That's Group G. And in Group H, we've got Turkmenistan has now moved into first place, coming out of fourth place. Turkmenistan now with 9 points, 8 points for South Korea, and 8 points for Lebanon and North Korea as well. So, some interesting races going there in the round two of the qualifying for the World Cup in Asia. I want to remind you about the uh, decision that was made regarding the Supercopa, uh, which is done in Spain. A new format, Spanish Supercopa, has been uh, brought about. It includes two more teams in a four-team format, which will be played in Saudi Arabia. Now, along with Real Madrid and Barcelona, they would also, they're also going to have uh, Valencia, who is the current Copa del Rey champions, along with Atletico Madrid, who were the La Liga runner-ups from last year. The draw was held um, several Mondays ago. First fixture will be June the 8th with Real Madrid against Valencia in Jeddah. Then on the 9th, Barcelona will play Atletico Madrid. The final will be on January 12th uh, in Saudi Arabia. Of course, a trophy not what each team is looking for at this point. Um, there's a good amount of cash to go along with it. How much cash are we talking about? The winner of the four-team tournament, after bonuses, could possibly walk away with a very cool $11 million. My goodness, that could buy a lot of soccer balls, couldn't it? Very good. Thanks for tuning in to Kicks and Dribbles. I'm Dan McClay. I'd like to thank my daughter, Lauren McClay, who does the technical work on this program. My son, DC McClay, also contributes ideas as well. Thanks to both of them for helping out. And thank you for listening. And please, don't let your life have too many yellow cards.